when I got into the punks thing, I quickly realized that with the whole series of illustrated artworks you're selling, more than that, you're kind of building, you're building a brand and you're building a world. And that is actually like a whole thing in its own. And I'm actually enjoying that quite a bit. I didn't know that I was getting into something like that, where you would carry on building this thing. And I'm actually enjoying it so much. I think because I had the freedom to, to really do something that I like doing. You are listening to One More Question, a podcast by the people of Nice Work. One of the things we often catch ourselves saying is, can we ask you one more question? This podcast is all about sharing the best conversations we have had with significant builders, experts, and communicators. The people we encounter and work with as we go about helping you build brands people care about. Season four is based on our exploration of Web3, NFTs, and all things Metaverse. We're seeing an explosion of creativity and brands popping up all over this new space. Yet the rules seem to be different and experimentation is not only expected, but welcome. Follow our conversations with the designers, the builders and the visionaries shaping Web3 and the Metaverse. I'm your host, Ross Drakes. Today on the podcast, I'm talking to Gerard Human. Gerard is an illustrator, animator, and art director based in Cape Town, South Africa. He's been working in the visual industry since 2001. His work is strongly inspired by underground comics, skate culture, and animation. He's done TV commercials for brands like MTV, Adobe, Goodwill, and Smyrna, and his work has been featured online and in print. Apart from his commercial work, Gerard has had regular art exhibitions around the world. We talk about his journey from commercial work into NFTs, early experiments in the one-on-one art space, and how he built a brand around his project Punks by accident. He shares his thoughts on how Web3 unlocks some interesting possibilities for artists and collectors to support each other. Enjoy. Gerard, welcome to the podcast. Super excited to have you here. Um, been following your work for a very long time, so thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thanks so much, man. Yeah, and thanks for having me. It's a, it's a real honor. I just, uh, for a bit of context, because I think it, it leads into our conversation quite nicely, could you give us your sort of elevator pitch of your, your kind of career as a creative, um, you know, up to, to the point of, of punks? So somehow I learned of this line called graphic design, and I thought, you know, oh, I can study that, and then I can draw comics. And obviously it wasn't <laughs> true. It's like nothing to do with comics. And um, yeah, I was kind of in that. Um, from there, I kind of, uh, I knew I wanted to do animation because I was like, the, you know, I was into animation. And the only animation company I knew back then was this place in Joburg called um, D-Labs. And they were quite big. They were doing stuff for TV and um, it, it was like the cool animation studio at the time. So my wife, who wasn't my wife back then, <laughs> she knew one of the guys who was an art director there. And um, she kind of told him that, yeah, I wanted to work there and I'm really good at animation, which I wasn't. He kind of gave me a chance and they got me in and they asked me in the interview if like, you know, if I can do 
flash animation and stuff. I was like, yeah, I'm really good at flash. Um, I thought I was good at flash. Um, so I got a kind of like a job there with the, the pretense that I could do, you know, flash. And the, the first day I walked in there, I realized I didn't know anything of flash. So I kind of had to, you know, in the moment, just figure shit out. And, um, yeah, the people there were really cool and they kind of helped me. So I got into animation there and, um, like through the years I've been kind of, you know, doing bits and bobs of all, all different sides. I even went into web development at a time, but, um, like about 15 years ago or something, uh, we moved down to Cape town and, um, I was freelancing at the time because I was in England for a while and I came back and uh, one of the companies I was working for frequently was Masters and Savant. Um, and they asked me to be their new uh, uh, creative director here in Cape Town. So that I did for about 10 years. Um, and then I went freelance after that. So I was kind of still doing, I'm still working with them. I'm still doing mostly television work and advertising work but um i've always done you know my own stuff on the side <clears throat> so um i've done i've done like full-on traditional gallery work um i've exhibited in galleries in cape town um and throughout i've done stuff in uh, overseas um you know like traditional you know hanging on the walls gallery work um but it's always been like a bit i don't know it's been difficult you know like exhibiting in in galleries is like a beast of its own like you know you you kind of think that's that's your escape from the advertising world but in a way it's it's it, it, it's similar you know you're still trying to um they're still trying to put you like in a in a category and they're trying to shape you for some sort of market um yeah so i kind of stopped doing that I'm, i mean i'm still doing it to an extent i guess but um i stopped doing it like actively and then the nft thing came on the scene and at first i thought it was just a, a fad um and i kind of ignored it um and then about a year and a half ago I was speaking to some friends of mine, um, one friend th that I kind of met throughout, uh, through, um, one of the boom spaces. I don't know if you know, boom with the seven zeros. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's like a creative hub and, um, they also had a Slack channel at a time and, um, the Joshua, the one guy is in, he's in Hawaii and he's a, He's like a quite a cool artist and we started speaking, you know, on Instagram and stuff. And he was telling me that he was getting into um, some NFTs and I should check it out. So he kind of helped me to set it up. And I thought I'll do it as a, you know, just like as a bit of a joke, just to see what it's all about. And as I was checking it out, it just, I don't know, it just felt like, you know, it's got so much possibility and it's got, you know, it's opening up like so much um especially you know taking you to a, a worldwide market which for me was always like a big thing because i'm stuck in south africa and um 
I'm doing, you know, odd stuff, you know, like, you know, let's face it, my work isn't really, you know, the run of the mill South African art market kind of stuff. You know, it's like, I've got a very small group of people that like my stuff and most of them are overseas, you know, it's like, mm. it's other artists and other illustrators and, if you're catering for such a small market, you know, it's 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 really difficult to just try and make a living in your own country, especially a country like South Africa. That's really small. I mean, like the the number of people who are, you know, in a privileged position to spend money on art is so small. Um, yes. You know, and if you're trying to make a living off of that, you, you know, you're not going to you're not going to make it. I think you've touched on a, a couple of interesting points here. There's, there's a sort of, in a way, a globalization of, of people being able to see art and connect to art from around the world. And I think kind of NFTs, in a way, have unlocked a feeling of value. You know, there's been things like deviant art and, you know, lots of kind of platforms over the years, but they were almost it feels like they were missing something that allowed digital artists mm. to sort of connect to people and allow those people to collect their work in a, in a sort of meaningful way. And it feels like this technology has allowed that to happen, which like you say, has allowed somebody like you to reach an audience across the world, <clears throat> which is probably quite small compared to the global market, but it's big enough for you to actually create something and and earn decent money. I think in the pre-call you mentioned to me that you earned more of your NFT work than you did after a decade or more kind of in the traditional gallery space, which I find quite fascinating. Yeah, Why we, do you yeah, think that we, is? Which doesn't mean I'm making shitloads. It just means the gallery space was not great. <laughs> but it's still, it's still, um, it's it's now actually at a point where um, it's an incentive to make more. And I think that's kind of the the point where these things actually have a purpose. You know, if it does give you a reason to make more art and to make better stuff, um, you know, because like you can only make so many things for Instagram and, you know, live on the likes because the, the whole reason for doing something of your own as like, for instance, an animation that I would put on Instagram and I'd get people liking it. Maybe I'll get like, you know, five new followers or whatever. But the only incentive is that I can use that to get interest in my work so that someone can hire me to do an ad or something like that, you know? And mm. so that's always been the only way that you can kind of incentivize, you know, that where now you can literally make that thing that you would have thought would be just something that you know, you know gives you some sort of following and that could be the the thing that you sell you know that's the the, the end result it's mm. not the means to the to the end i think it's it's also interesting because the you know i think initially people were just sort of mimicking you know traditional artists were just taking their work and making a digital version and putting it on a kind of nft platform but at the same time there was like this internet movement where things that people who are kind of internet natives felt had value got thrown up like the first tweet and the pepe memes and all of that stuff kind of became like things but i, I think at the same time there was also artists like yourself where 
you know, I think a lot of your, or what I appreciate in your work is the, feels like the characters and the scenes are designed for motion. So when you animate them, they kind of fulfill, you know, almost like the vision that you're seeing in your head. Well, that's at least how I perceive it. Um, And it feels like NFTs are a great platform or a great way of selling something like animation and motion, which has never really kind of existed before. Yeah, exactly. It's never existed before. The only way you could sell animation, you know, before this was either as a, as an ad or, you know, in the, the form of, 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 of entertainment, like long form or, you know, as mm. a TV show. And for someone like myself, you know, it was like a one man band, you know, to, to do a TV show is like, you know, it's like a monstrous undertaking. There's no way I can mm do a TV show on my own. So I've just been doing ads. And if you do ads, then you have to, you know, you have to fulfill a brief and you have to work to some sort of, you know, guideline, which means you're not making art. You're basically just executing someone's idea to sell some sort of product, um, which is not your own. So my idea of, or, or my definition of art is something that you do you know out of your own will not for the sole purpose of selling you know some sort of thing but you're doing it for the sake of making that thing and if you can sell that then it's great but if you're making that thing to try and cater to someone's you know like you know buying pattern then i feel you're you're kind of moving away from art again um so I've been trying to do that even, you know, like in this space where um, you are making something and you're hoping you can sell it, which will give you, you know, some sort of uh, reason to to keep making that. But you still want to retain that authenticity of making the thing for the sake of making that thing. Um, and the fact that the market is now so much bigger means that niche group of people who does appreciate that um, becomes like, you know, bigger to an extent that it might be enough where previously it just wasn't, you know, like if I, if I have to, uh, you know, make some sort of, you know, odd punk print and sell it to, you know, the, the people around Cape town, that um you know appreciate that very odd style of drawing i can maybe sell you know 10 or 20 at the most and then i need to make another one so the next print comes along and those 10 or 20 people already brought the previous one they're not going to buy another one you know Mm. so so now already your your market's exhausted um where you know with a worldwide market like this and you can make it a lot cheaper so it's more accessible to people who might not have, you know, the tons of money to go and spend on art. Um, Because, I I mean, if if your fan base is, you know, people like, you know, myself, who are also artists and illustrators and people like that, I mean, we're not not investors. We're not people who go to, you know, art fairs and, you know, drink champagne and, you know, blow a couple of grand on a, on a investor piece, you know, like we like stuff because we like it. And, um, Mm. if you buy something, first of all, you need to be able to afford it. And, you know, 
you also want to feel like you're getting something unique, you know, something that's not just a JPEG, but you, you get some sort of limited edition of something. So you, you do still feel like you're, you're getting something substantial, something that has value. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's, it's a great entry level into the art market that hasn't been there before. I mean, it might've been there in terms of like, you know, like prints, like, um, mm. but even prints are expensive, you know, like and sending a print from South Africa overseas costs more than the actual print. Um, yes. you know, so it, it's a logistical solve as well. So, so I mean, I'm I'm interested. You know, you've you've carried that same thinking from your artwork of making something sort of beautiful and authentic, and your initial sort of entry into the world of kind of NFTs was was one of one artworks, like additioned artworks, like you were talking about. And then you built up to the Punk series, which is a generative PFP collection. Can you talk about how you see the difference between sort of that one of one? kind of art which is here's a piece you know it, maybe it's a series but you know the difference between how how you thought about that and the kind of purity of it like you talk about and carrying that into something kind of larger with a, a much bigger collection um in in punks yeah i mean the punks collection was a first for me um it's definitely um something i had to learn and think about um for a while um at first i wasn't keen on doing something like that because i i kind of saw it as well everything i saw at the time that was out there was really repulsive <laughs> to put to put it lightly you know like you see kind of terrible drawings of terrible things that are just like altered slightly by an algorithm and they slap you know, 500 different colors of hair on there. And then, you know, they, they sell it as like, you know, new unique items. And I just didn't want to do anything like that. Um, but then um, I started working with these two guys, Captain Punks and Plunder. Um, and they kind of, they had like a really cool idea of doing something that isn't like that because um, I told them like I don't want to go that route, and um, th they were keen on 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 building a whole system that we can make something unique that, that still feels bespoke. Um, so I was really keen on trying that because um, I felt that you know I love doing characters. That's like one of the my favorite things, you know, is, is doing characters and doing like different characters. Um, so. Yeah, so the, uh, I'll get back to that right now. But like, um, you know, at the time I was just making the the unique one of ones, um, and what I liked about that was I can literally do one piece and then do something completely different. Um, I don't have to work in a series. I can I can be inspired by you know some sort of seventies you know sci fi vibe. Do something like that, and then after that, like do something completely different, like, you know, a more humorous, like animation or something. Um, and that did give you the freedom to kind of play around like that. And also everything you make is completely unique. There's never going to be another variation of that. 
And then when I got into the punks thing, um, I quickly realized that with the whole series of, you know, illustrated artworks you're selling, more than that, you're kind of building, you're building a brand and you're building a world. Um, and that is actually like a whole thing in its own. And I'm actually enjoying that quite a bit. I, I didn't know that I was getting into something, you know, like that, where you would <laughs> carry on, you know, building this thing. Um, and I'm actually enjoying it so much um, because I think because I had the freedom to, to really do something that I like doing um, and also something that I realized now I was building up to, you know, since forever because I, I in 2012 I did, did a, a exhibition with these um, skateboarders um, called skateboarding is a crime where I did 12 different characters that were silkscreen and we sold them to to raise funds to build skate parks in Cape Town but I had so much fun doing those characters and you know since then I've done like variations of that and I've kind of done like all kinds of different um you know, character-based series that when I did the punks series, it felt like that is kind of what I like doing. I like doing, mm. I like doing, you know, these skater kind of cyberpunks. I like sci-fi. I like, you know, gritty, you know, rebellious kind of themes. Um, and it's got everything, you know, it's got like all the stuff I really enjoy doing is in there. Um, so it would have been really sad if that was it, you know, if that was like, okay, now I've done that. Now I have to do something different because that's my thing. You know, it's like, that's, I love doing that. So I want to do more of that. So we've been kind of, you know, riding that, that, um, that wave and like doing all kinds of, you know, fun, um, interactive competitions along with that. We've done like, you know, riddles and, you know, all these like, things people had to solve. Um, and currently I'm working on a, on a full on graphic novel that's kind of playing out in that same, you know, world. Um, and it's the first time I'm actually, you know, going quite far with a comic and like really investing mm. in doing proper pages and like, um, doing it long term. Like, I don't know how long it's going to take. It's probably going to, carry on forever i don't know <laughs> like um... i mean i find this like i find this very interesting you know kind of what you're sharing for me is that you've you've had this whole career with like different experiences and different things and you've almost been like gathering skills and this has now allowed you to create something that that you truly love and there's a sort of financial or reward or audience engine attached to the back of it which allows that to not be uh, a, like a, a doodle book only experience that there's the potential that this thing grows into something massive um, and I, I guess there's lots of those coming out I had a conversation with a guy named Ben Morrow who worked on a comic book for a decade and NFTs oh, yes. gave him a financial model not to be able to sell his IP to somebody like a Marvel or a Disney or a whoever in order to sort of turn it into a real career. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and I, and I find that like, amazing and inspiring. Yes, because I, I, 
if you go to like a Marvel or a Dark Horse or something, that's great because I mean they've got like a a huge you know platform to to make your idea grow. But they'll also take over. You know they're going to put mm. their editors on it. They're going to put their you know like specialists on there to kind of guide you and you know it's gonna it's gonna change your idea and it's gonna start feeling like a job i don't know maybe not but um i think the way that this allows you to 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 keep ownership is fantastic you know it's like i mean obviously it's it's not like a an easy you know easy out it's still it's still really hard to to get the backing and it's really hard to you know to build this brand especially if you're you know not someone who has you know, an existing Twitter following of a hundred K or whatever, but um, <laughs> you still, you still have to work really hard and it's, it's still not, um, you know, a ticket out of the advertising world, <laughs> but it's like, at least, you know, it feels like you're building something that you can kind of add to and, and slowly nurse, you know, it's like a little plant that you keep watering and hopefully it keeps on growing. I don't, I don't know. Enough. Like the, the the cool thing about this also is, um, you know, we, we've got a Discord channel with um, all the punks people are on there, and it's such a cool community of people. Like everyone's like really, you know, really cool, and you know that the stuff that that gets discussed on there is like, you know, you can see it's like-minded people. You know, like people are suggesting films and books and like music and you know it it feels like you you kind of you created this this hub for like-minded people and they're all kind of you know invested in the project but they're also like invested in you know myself as an artist um which i think is fantastic because you never you never had that you know like when you sell prints at a gallery you don't even know who's buying your prints you know it's like halfway along the line you heard of you know some guy and he's like oh i've got one of your your pictures up in my you know bedroom and it's like oh okay that's cool where um you know now it's like everything is open and transparent and everyone you know it's easy to 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 kind of interact with people and it's easy to share with the people who have bought your stuff or who have shown interest in your in your work um, mm. I quite like that. I like the transparency of this whole system. Well, I mean, I think one of the things that really excites me about this whole thing is that, you know, you, you said it, that you, you've accidentally created a brand. You didn't set out to create a brand, but you've accidentally yes, kind exactly. of created one. <laughs> and and you've built a community or an audience around that brand. So there's now whatever, 5,000, 6,000, 8,000 people who are invested enough in punks to have spent their money on it and joined the discord and are now kind of participating. And, and I guess how many other brands are going to be born out of this technology that we never would have seen without the sort of, you, you know, this interface that, that the kind of the, the platforms and the, the ability to own has sort of, opened up um i'm interested to you like how do you once you realized you were building a brand like how do you how are you thinking about punks and your contribution and how are you going to sort of grow that brand because i I guess a brand comes a little bit with a 
the implication that you will you will grow it and keep it kind of going. It's not a like I do this thing once and now I, I walk away. In fact, in the space, people almost you know get upset when when creators walk away from the projects they've started. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think also because um, I'm so heavily invested, and this carries you know my personal you know creative style so strongly. Um, it's definitely going to get to, you know, a point where I want to improve on it. Um, I mean, we're all already working on, you know, like new elements that we want to add to it later on. Um, you know, like not so much later, um, but I want to make it better. You know, it's like, cause I don't want to get to a point where one day, you know, I'm looking back on this and, you know, you get that cringe factor. We're like, Oh geez, I'm, can't believe this is still out there. You know, like you want to, you want to, <laughs> you want to keep it cool. You want to, you want to stay proud of it. Um, if you put your name on something, I think you need to kind of, you know, keep adding to it. You can't just sit back and then think, okay, that's it. I'm going to retire now. Um, and also because I still, you know, I'm still excited about it. I want to improve on it. I want to work on it. I want to do new stuff. And um, hopefully, you know like you know it carries on you know staying alive and i think it will um but also you know it's up to it's up to us to to keep it alive um so that's what we're working on now it's like just you know like keeping energy into this this monster we've created <laughs> well, i think it's also it. it's it's you know, I think there's there's lots of you know you're creatively kind of engaged, and you know that excites you. And other people have seen that and chosen to sort of buy into it. And interestingly, they they're able to do that very directly. There's no middleman. They're not renting it via Netflix or buying it via another studio. It's actually a a one to one kind of engagement. Um, yes, and that's yes. that is you know, quite interesting in terms of that. But uh, I guess in a way, the the price of these objects, if you when you talk about it like that, you're going, you're not just getting a picture, you're getting to see how an artist or a team of people kind of expands and grows this thing and you get to participate in that, which is in a way much more, for me, much more interesting than than just purchasing a beautiful piece of art that you kind of like. You get to now participate in this journey. It's almost like going back to 1970-whatever when George Lucas was building Star Wars and being able to buy in, you know, and be part of yeah. that kind of 50-year journey, you know, to get to to this point, which I think is, is you know, quite exciting. And it, it begs, begs the question to me of you is where – where does this all go? Where do you like, let's take this thing forward a couple of years. Like where in your wildest dreams do you think punks will end up and, and what can people look forward to? Well, I'm, I'm hoping that the, the story and the, 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 the graphic novel I'm making now, I'm hoping that will become much bigger. Um, Cause that's, that's got so much depth in it. You know, it's got like a whole storyline and it's got, character development and um i'm kind of you know i'm doing it the way that i want to do it it's not it's not a comic about an nft series it's a comic into itself it's like a whole story that 
kind of exists. And coincidentally, there's also an NFT series and, you know, it's similar in its, um, you know, in its uh, structure, but um, it's, it's like a, it's a, it's a whole unique thing on its own. And we're going to give it away um, to people who are already in the, um, so anyone that's that's got a punk will get it for free. So the whole idea is to to give it out. Like we don't want to now have this comic and like oh, so if you like the punks, then you can you can also now buy the comic. Like no, it's like we want to put it out there. Um, and I'm kind of working on it, you know, as I'm you know keeping the pot boiling, doing advertising and stuff like that. So it's not like I'm trying to do that as a um, as a career move of, you know, I need to make money off this comic. Um, I want to keep it a personal passion project. I don't want to feel that it's my job. Um, mm. So we'll see how that goes and how long I can, can keep doing that. But um, the, the, the hope is that um, that becomes quite big and that becomes, a, you know, like a, a thing onto its own. Um, and yeah, I mean, besides that, like, I mean, there's so much I can still do in the, the realm. It's like, I mean, we've got, you know, thousands of, of characters and we've got like a whole, you know, world that's based on like a, a quite a complex story. So I want to do more animated, um, pieces. I want to do, you know, I don't know, like I want to do more interactive things as well. I was, I was really having a good time with the, the code breakers, um, uh, uh, rally we had uh, a few months ago. I don't know if you followed that, but it was, it was, it was insane. Like the, the, the level of complex puzzles we built and the, intensity of the people who were trying to solve them was just so cool you know like we were mm. building um you know like ciphers within ciphers hidden away in like little frames of an animation that people had to go frame by frame and pause and look at pixels and things and they were solving it like they were just like you know catching on to the smallest hints we we hidden away within frames of animation and it was so cool seeing like how clever people are in, you know, in our, in our community. And they were just like, you know, immediately catching onto like, you know, some black and white pixel, you know, stuck away somewhere. And someone would just raise the, the idea that, you know, that's a hex code. And like immediately everyone would start deciphering hex code. And then they would come out with some gibberish like line, which is obviously nothing, but then they would realize like, that is a new code. Like we need to now solve mm. that. So um, it was cool to see real time because everyone was like talking on the discord while we were doing that. Um, and it also ran, you know, for a while, we, I think it was like a whole, like a month and a half or something that we were, you know, slowly releasing next chapter, next chapter, next chapter. So, you know, I was excited because like, as you sit there and you kind of drawing things and I would hide, you know, like, some Morse code somewhere, or I would hide like a, a little hint on a poster and I would send it to, to, um, you know, the dev guys. And 
asked him like, do you think this is too difficult or too vague? And I would just say like, no, they'll get it. <laughs> Someone is going to get it. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> it was so exciting to see like, okay, well, there's the first person who like, you know, um, where the light bulb went on and, um, yeah, so I, I want to do more of that kind of stuff, um, and I think everyone enjoyed it. And it was, it's, um, yeah. It, it, I mean, we've got we've got scope to do anything, so you know, why not do something that's really fun? Um, the whole I mean, reason I we're doing this is needs to be fun. Like, I think it's really interesting that that you know you've very passionate about this this brand and this project that you're creating even though you don't really know what it is yet you know like i'm making this thing and it's super excited and then parallel to you, you've got this audience of humans who are equally as kind of engaged and as excited that they are digging through animation and filling out ciphers and how many times in yeah. this sort of the traditional world of brands are people spending millions trying to get that level of commitment and engagement from fans. They're desperately trying to reach people in an emotional way that gets them to sort of decode the Coca-Cola message or whichever, whoever's doing that kind of campaign. And I, I find it interesting that there's going to be this generation of brands and sort of franchises and things that are going to grow up almost in the other way around so there's a kind of passionate creative team that's building something and there's an audience who's bought in and is super committed and is now participating in the the kind of creation of this thing and i guess when i play this forward four or five years it's it's interesting to see like where does this go? Does this end up influencing clothing brands? Do you have your own skateboard line? Do you have a competition somewhere? Is there a concert happening? Is there, you know, I think the the sort of like you say, the potential is kind of endless and the audience is there and the appetite is there. Um, so so it's fun watching people like you experiment and build it out in front of our eyes because I don't think we've ever truly seen brands being built or grown in this way before ever yeah i think also i mean we're so we're so you know used to being bombarded by advertising like i mean there's there's just no escape from it and we've almost become immune to it i don't know if it's just because i've been working in advertising for so long but if i scroll through twitter or through through Instagram and an ad pops up, it's almost like my brain immediately just tells me scroll faster. You know, it's like, just get <laughs> rid of it. Like it's, it's just, if I spot an ad or I, or I somehow see that I'm, I'm being tricked into looking at an ad, I just, I kind of feel used, you know, it's like, we're so used to like, you know, the advertising industry, just like, you know, sticking their, greasy fingers in everywhere um and i know like i mean i work in that industry so maybe i'm like extra cynical about it but i think the the cool thing about this is this is my escape from that so i'm not trying to to sell someone something you know like my 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 sole purpose is i want to make something and I want to see if someone enjoys it, you know, and that's all they need to get from it. Like they just need to enjoy it. If they go out and they, they buy some more like of our punks or something, that's cool. But I want to make something that people enjoy and they, 
they want to share it and they want to like, you know, show someone, oh, look at this cool thing that I got for free. And you can also have one for free because they're handing them out. But it's fine. You know, like I, I think getting that like response from people, you know, like saying like, wow, that was really cool. You must make more of that. That's that's kind of the real reward. You know, unfortunately, you know, you kind of have to pay bills and you have to keep sending your kids to school and you have to buy food and stuff. So, you know, you can't just do that. But that is like more rewarding than making someone making something and selling it for like a good profit. Like, I mean, that's great because you feel a bit of security, but I get more joy out of making something that I'm excited about and then seeing someone else also excited about um, regardless if it sells or not. Um, so I want so what I'm trying to say is I, it's very important for me to, to retain as much as that as possible. So, you know, like I want to, I want to still feel that energy, mm. you know, regardless of where this is going. I don't want to get to a point one day where I'm just, Oh, you know, like we have to, make X amount of, you know, like NFTs this month and I have to sell them for at least, you know, so much. And uh, this is kind of the plan, the, the business plan to, to, to catch that goal, you know, because um, I think then it's just like advertising or just like a job. Dude, I mean, I think that's, that's such a, a lovely note to, to end the podcast on. I mean, you know, for, for, what I think is a relatively low price, you know, I think you're sitting at 0.2 Ethereum is the floor price of the repeat offenders thing at the moment. And if people buy in, they're not just buying this picture, they're buying into this passion and this, you know, like you're saying that this is something that I'm creating on my own and it's quite a cheap price to pay for something that you get to experience and see roll out in front of you. And I think that's, that for me is really exciting. So thank you so much for, for the work that you've done. And thank you for coming on the podcast. I, I really, really appreciate awesome. it. Oh, thank you so much, man. And, and, and yeah, it's been a pleasure and an honor. Um, yeah. And it's always fun to, you know, talk about this kind of stuff with people who appreciate the same things. And we'll catch all of you in the next one. Bye-bye. Awesome. Thanks for us. Thank you for listening. We believe sharing knowledge is an obligation. So if you know someone who's building a brand or needs some inspiration for their brand, please share this with them. This is our fourth season and we'd be grateful if you'd hit that subscribe button so you're the first to know when a new episode is released. Even better, leave a review and tell the world how much you enjoyed listening. One More Question is brought to you by the people of Nicework. We're on a mission to build purposeful Web3 brands that people care about. We're based in South Africa and serve the leaders of brave companies around the world. If you'd like to know more, work with us or make a suggestion, please reach out at www.nicework.co.za. Bye-bye.